It is good to see you here today as we come for this special hour of worship, and we're glad to have you here with us. If you're visiting with us, we're especially glad to have you here. <clears throat> Hope that you will be back with us on the many future occasions to worship with us. Also want you to know that this morning we will be celebrating communion, and this is the Lord's table, and so he invites all of you, regardless of uh, your membership in various places, uh, to share in this communion service. So uh, if you're a visitor here, we certainly uh, invite you to participate with us in our sacrament of Holy Communion. Because we have a, a, an event after worship today, we're going to do communion a little different than we usually do. We're going to uh, receive communion today by the method known as intinction, which means that you will take a piece of the bread and dip it in the cup uh, and receive both elements in that way. And I'll ask you to come at the usher's direction from the uh, outer aisles and receive communion at the two stations and then make your way back to your seats down the, the center aisle. As uh, soon as our worship service is completed, we will be going into the session of the uh, charge conference. Uh, Dr. Johnson is with us today to lead that portion as well as to assist with communion. And Ms. Johnson is here, glad to have them both with us. Uh, our district superintendent, uh, Dr. Johnson, uh, came here, I think the same year I arrived on the scene here in Greer. So uh, we're delighted to have them with us today. But we invite you to stay if you'd like to. We expect the elected folks to be here for Charge Conference, but the rest of you are welcome to stay as well if you'd like to. But if you have to leave uh, at the conclusion of the worship service, we certainly will understand that. Um, in the way of any additional announcements in the bulletin, just everything today will be um, uh, as usual, now next Sunday night we will be having uh, family night supper, so make plans now to be here. That's for all of us. Whether or not you're involved in Bible studies or children's activities, we want to try to make this a time of church fellowship. So remember now that that'll be next Sunday night, um, I believe it's at uh, 5 o'clock. Does that sound right? Um, glad to, to be able to report that Maggie... Warner, our little eight-year-old buddy, is at long last home uh, from the hospital after almost six weeks, and uh, she is a jewel. I promise you that. We, uh, I have had more fun um, visiting her at the hospital. She's kept me busy, but it's been fun. Um, also, you will note that Sheila Moore fell last Sunday, and it, as it turned out, she broke both feet. Um, she especially uh, wanted the Moody's to know uh, that, uh, uh, that she couldn't be here today, not Sheila, but um, her mother, Margie Crowley. The brain went just on me for a minute. Margie taught you in school and, and has just wanted to be here today for the, uh, for the baptism. But she said she will be taking care of Sheila since Sheila's not able to walk right now. So, uh, but she commends or sends her love to you folks as we will be celebrating communion in a few moments. Let us now begin our time together in worship.
please be seated. I invite you to turn to page six in the front of your hymnal as we join together in the opening prayer. Let us pray. Almighty God, to you all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hidden. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. At this time, we are privileged to share in the sacrament of baptism for Kara and uh, Brian Moody, and we invite them to come along with um, members of their family and uh, others who wish to stand with them. And I'm going to ask Dr. Johnson to please join me in this service of baptism uh, as we celebrate this for these children. These folks are behind you all the way. And so are we. And that's one beautiful thing about baptism. It not only means that God loves us and accepts us and claims us, it means you've got a lot of people behind you helping you to live. And that's the wonderful thing about belonging to God's family. Dearly beloved, baptism is an outward and visible sign of the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, through which grace we become partakers of his righteousness and heirs of life eternal. Those receiving the sacrament are thereby marked as Christian disciples and initiated into the fellowship of Christ's holy church. Our Lord has expressly given to children a place among the people of God, which holy privilege must not be denied them. Remember the words of the Lord Jesus Christ, how he said, let the children come to me, do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of God. Because Brian and Kara are between the ages of infancy and the age we normally confirm people, this uh, baptism service will have a, a few elements of uh, a couple of our services to involve the family as well as the children in the response. But I will first start with the parents and sponsors. Do you, in presenting these children for holy baptism, confess your faith in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? If so, will you say, we do? Do you therefore accept as your bounden duty and privilege to live before them a life that becomes the gospel, to exercise all godly care that they be brought up in the Christian faith, that they be taught the holy scriptures, and that they learn to give reverent attendance upon the private and public worship of God? If so, will you say, we do? Will you endeavor to keep these youth under the ministry and guidance of the church until they, by the power of God, shall be confirmed as full and responsible members of Christ's holy church? If so, you say, we will. Carol and Brian, since you are of an age where you can understand, understand the meaning of baptism as an expression of God's grace given to us in Christ our Lord, do you profess your faith in Jesus as your Savior and promise to follow him as your Lord? If so, will you say, we will? If you'll come over here and kneel, you too. We recognize this day as being claimed by you in Christ Jesus our Lord. As they grow in years, may they also grow in their understanding of your love for them as expressed in Jesus our Lord. And may they also grow in their commitment to him. For we pray in Christ's name.
I think I heard one of the visiting children ask if it was time to leave now. Isn't that sad to say no, more to come. <laughs> Join me in the prayer of illumination, which again is back on page six near the front of your hymnal. Let us pray. Lord, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit, that as the scriptures are read and your word proclaimed, we may hear with joy what you say to us today. Amen. Our scripture lesson is from John chapter 17, verses 18 through 23. <clears throat> Jesus is praying, and he says, As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them I sanctify myself, that they too may be truly sanctified. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I and them, you and me, may they be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Here ends the lesson. Today is World Communion Sunday in the life of the, the Church Universal. As an expression of Christian unity that exists among all of us of all denominations, Churches all over the world are celebrating communion today. We have a common Lord, a common faith, and a common initiation of baptism. It is a very fitting thing that we have charge conference this day and a visit from our district superintendent because these remind us that as United Methodists, we are in a vital connection with all other United Methodist and all other churches of United Methodism. Together with all United Methodist and all United Methodist churches, we exercise oversight of both this congregation and also the entire connection. There is a connectional unity between us and other United Methodists, and there's also a spiritual bond of unity with the rest of Christendom. For 20 centuries, the Church of Our Lord has done a pretty good job of splintering into more and more separate churches. But beginning in the 20th century, there was a concerted effort to stop this splintering and to work toward mutual understanding and cooperation. There were some successes in organizational unity, especially among Methodist people as three major Methodist bodies, the Methodist Episcopal Church that was in the north, the Methodist Episcopal Church south, which was down here primarily, and the Protestant Methodist Church, a group of Methodists that didn't have bishops, decided to form one church and to unite in 1939 to form the Methodist Church. And later in 1968, the Methodist Church and the Evangelical United Brethren Church, a German-speaking group originally, came together, and that's why we today have the United Methodist Church. And the same types of mergers occurred within other denominations, but unity between denominations didn't get much further in the 20th century. But beginning back in the 1970s, the movement toward unity has taken a different path. 
rather than trying to unite organizationally, we tried to find ways to recognize one another, the validity of the ordinations and the validity of the sacraments. You are aware, I trust, that there are still churches today where you United Methodists could go where your baptism would not be recognized as valid because the ministers who baptized you would not be considered valid in those uh, other churches. There are churches where you would not be allowed to receive communion today because you wouldn't be considered a valid Christian with a valid experience. That's what we've been working on in recent decades. The most exciting move toward this kind of unity has occurred in the past year, and you may not be aware of it. At our general conference in 2008, our denomination voted to fully recognize the Lutheran Church, the ELCA Lutherans, as our complete and equal partners. And this past summer, the Lutherans voted likewise to recognize us. Although we maintain separate organizational structures still, a United Methodist pastor may now serve a Lutheran congregation if the need so arises, and a Lutheran pastor could be appointed to a United Methodist congregation if there was a shortage and the need uh, were to ever arise. If a Lutheran is ever appointed as your pastor, you might want to sniff the communion wine before you take it. That's the main difference at this point. Uh, ours is uh, not as old a juice as theirs is. But in the future, we will be able to save on some of our denominational resources by having either a Lutheran or a United Methodist pastor serve as a campus minister to all the Lutherans and the Methodist students that are there. We'll be able to cooperate together on foreign missions, sending missionaries to places. Lutheran presiding Bishop Mark Hansen said that having a full communion partner means that Lutherans no longer have to worry about planting congregations in every community. And Bishop Gregory Palmer, president of the United Methodist Council of Bishops, speaks about the practical benefits of having interchangeable ordained clergy. And I, who graduated from the Lutheran Seminary in Columbia, suddenly feel like I've got two church homes, and it's a good feeling. I think you'll be seeing some other expressions of unity like this in the future. We could do 10 times the good work of reaching our world for Christ if we would learn to do so in concert rather than in competition. May God hasten the day when all Christians see that the one who unites us is much greater than those many things we think should divide us. Amen. As a response to the proclamation of the good news, I invite you to stand as we affirm our faith in God using the ecumenical version of the Apostles' Creed that is printed on page 7 of your hymnal. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, Let us join our hearts together in prayer. Lord, we pray that the world may live in peace and that your church may achieve unity, fulfilling its service here and everywhere. 
We pray that all ministers and teachers in your church may be faithful servants of the gospel, leading others into its way of life and strengthening their faith. We pray that the leaders of our nation and of the world may govern with justice and mercy. We pray that all of our work may be done for the common good and that it be done in safety and that all may be spared from grinding toil which destroys fullness of life. We pray that those who work on frontiers of truth and those who enrich our lives with beauty and joy may be free to follow their vocations. We pray that those who suffer disease or poverty or loneliness or grief may be healed and comforted and that those who are oppressed or persecuted may be strengthened and delivered. We pray that those whom we've known and loved who have died in the faith may be a glorious memory to us and a source of renewed fellowship with all the saints. These are our prayers through Christ our Lord. Amen. Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin, and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another using the prayer of confession at the top of page 8. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors, and we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. As forgiven and reconciled people, let us offer ourselves and our gifts to God as we receive our morning offering.
delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. When the Lord Jesus ascended, he promised to be with us always in the power of your word and Holy Spirit. On the night in which he was betrayed, he took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant. Pour it out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world, until Christ comes in final victory, and we feast at his heavenly banquet, through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit, in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Let us now join together in the Lord's Prayer, as printed there in your uh, hymnal. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done.
prayer at the conclusion of the service is printed near the bottom of page 11. I invite you to join as we pray together. Eternal God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself to us. Grant that we may go into the world in the strength of your spirit to give ourselves for others. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.